You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 151, featuring special guest Ben Biggers from the National Tour of Beautiful. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? My name is Maggie Berra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Alliance. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's get on to the show. What up, what up, what up? It's your girl Maggie. Thanks for joining me this week for another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. Today I am joined by a new friend of mine, Ben Biggers. Ben was on the first and second national tours of Beautiful, the Carol King musical. He also appeared at the Muni, in Aida, in The Music Man, in Cincinnati, and he starred in Law & Order SVU, FBI Most Wanted, Power Book 2, Ghost, The Good Fight, Elementary, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He got his BFA in musical theater from Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music. In this episode, you'll hear us chat very candidly about college auditions, pre-screens, self-tapes, the future of the industry, the differences between film and TV auditions versus theatrical auditions, survival jobs, and more. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Nice. What up, Ben? It's so good to have you finally and good to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Oh my gosh, it's been it's been a long time coming or I guess not really, but it kind I, of who's to I, say really? Yeah. Who's to yeah. Say? But I followed I followed actor aesthetic <laughs> so long and so I I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Oh, it's going to be a great time. So, Ben, tell us where did you grow up and how did you initially get involved in theater? Oh boy. Um, yeah. I grew up in South Bend, Indiana. Mm. Um, we all are familiar. And <laughs> um, yeah, I got involved in acting. What was the first thing I did? I, th I did a play of, um, of The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn at Ooh. the prestigious South Bend Civic Theater. Um, and I played uh, Huckleberry Finn and it was, oh, it was all over from there. I was Finn. <laughs> um, so that's when, I, that's when I started doing theater. Um, yeah. Cool. And did you know from then on, you, you know, I, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life or was yeah. there like hesitation? No, no, there was no hesitation. Cause I was terrible at everything else. I couldn't play sports. <laughs> I was not, I'm, I was not smart. Um, oh, wow. I, yeah. Very I had, humble. <laughs> I had no other skills. I wasn't even the best actor. I was just like, this is the thing that like, I feel like I, I, you know, I naturally, I don't feel like I'm working when I do this, you know, I yeah. feel like I'm having fun. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of stuck with it that way. That's awesome. Okay. So you ended up going to, you went to CCM, right? I did. Okay. Do you remember your college audition process? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> oh no. Advice. 
because I I did everything like the worst way possible. No. But I will I will uh, you know maybe there's someone out there who will also do it the worst way possible. So yes, <laughs> I um I do remember my college audition process. Um, <clears throat> I remember I I went to uh, the Interlochen six week intensive. Okay. Uh, and that is where uh, it was my junior junior year summer and that's where I was first introduced to you should probably start looking at colleges mm-hmm. um, or uh musical theater and I was like oh my gosh and for a while I was like I'm not gonna go to college I'll just you know I'll just make it my own way and everyone in my life was like no you're not mm. dumb. so <laughs> I applied to um a few different schools um I was pretty unprepared. I didn't mm. really have like coaching or anything like that. Um, looking back, I wish I did. I wish I had a lot more dance training. I wish I had a lo- someone to work on the monologues with me. There were some auditions where I went in there and <laughs> I, I had like one monologue that I did and they were like, so where's your Shakespeare? And I was like, what? What do you mean a Shakespeare? I don't, ha- I don't know what that is. I was totally clueless. To anyone who is going to audition for colleges, I'd say get a, get a coach who knows who knows what's going on because you know at least one meeting with them to like cover like what you'll need because mm-hmm. yeah I was going into a lot of auditions just with no idea. Um, but you did you did the interlock in um, pre college program. So are, would you suggest that a student and that was your junior year going into senior year, right? Yes, I did it. I did it the summer thing twice. I did it once um, uh, after my sophomore year of high school mm-hmm. and one year. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend a student, especially if they're like considering auditioning for colleges, would do a, a college program like that? I know a lot of, of kids do those like with Michigan and with Carnegie Mellon and things like that. I mean, yeah, do do what you it's not going to hurt, you know, I think it'll be great, especially if you're going to be auditioning for that school. I think that's mm-hmm. a great idea to, um, uh, you know, get to know the faculty and like, uh, kind of see what you want too. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that's a great idea. The thing that I did at Interlochen wasn't even like a pre-college program. It was really just like a musical theater camp. Oh, gotcha. But, mm-hmm. um, they were, you know, so great there that they were like, hey, you guys are of the age where next year you're going to be auditioning for colleges, maybe start looking at um, yeah. some schools, which yeah. I put off pretty, pretty late. <laughs> the worst example. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm terrible. Don't do what I did. I am so lucky that anything <laughs> out. I really, you were very lucky. Very lucky. Very, very lucky. And I mean, now it's been a couple of years, but like now, you know, there are so many, there are so many programs that have popped up over the past just like five years, but there are so many people auditioning for these college programs now, and it's very easy to, in the way that they're ex- more accessible than ever um, with pre-screens and things like that. Do you even remember having like that many pre-screens for your auditions? I only did one pre-screen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I had like two. <laughs> yeah. What's the deal with pre-screens? Why do we there, have to pre-screen? Listen, the good thing about pre-screens is that a college program can you know, make a choice on whether or not they want to see you and you don't have to necessarily fly out to that school and audition. So it does save time and money. However, there's something to be said about there's there's such a difference in auditioning over camera versus in person. And I was going to ask you, too. So like, you know, 
we'll go back to before, but um, have you seen a major shift in auditions now um, post-pandemic going to self-tape? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I like, I, I miss, I mean, I, I still have some auditions in person, you know, but like most of it is self-taping and it, it, it's such, um, it, it, there are pros and cons because like you can watch your own audition a thousand times, uh, (laughs) but you can watch your own audition and be like, Oh, I like that. I like this. I like this. But, but at the end of the day, like, is that my, is that my job to like watch myself act and decide what's good and what's bad and like try and like curate it. It it ends up like, I end up sending up something that, uh, that I'm like, wow, that's, you know, I like that, but is that like really me or am I just, will I be able to recreate that ever? Like this like really curated tape but you can send out, you have a lot of control, but there is something to be said about like going in, having the nerves, doing it, not being able to see your stupid face. (laughs) And, you know, also like talking with the casting director and the director and like getting to show who you actually are and interact Mm. with another human being. Um, Instead of, you know, I'm reading with my roommate, for the thousandth time and he's like my lover and it's in the scene <laughs> like I want to die like I can't do this anymore but uh, you know it's th- there there are pros and cons but it is that shift and I feel like the pandemic has created that because mm-hmm. there's no real I don't think there will be a huge like going back I think there's going to be audition always auditions in person but like it's so convenient to just like to mm-hmm. have most things done over self-tape. Mm-hmm. And how do you find that you're able to still like showcase who you are as a person on film, on self-tape versus like walking into the room? Like you said, it is very difficult to show that. So how do you, how do you do that for yourself? How do you make a self-tape unique to you? You know, I recently, I've, I've been taking um, on-camera classes. Oh, great. I just started taking class, um, mm-hmm. which is like um, the best thing ever. I, I Who are you, where are you taking these classes? Oh, with the Scott Freeman studio with Vance Barber. Oh, great. Um, yeah, he's the bomb. He's mm-hmm. the best. Um, he, uh, yeah. So how do I showcase myself? I don't know, but I have used, uh, I have started doing um, something with my self tapes where I'm, I, there has been a shift in um, what I put out in regards to, I'm not trying to get inside the casting director's head mm. and be like, this is what they wanna see for this role. So I will, I will do this. I am like purely concerned right now. This is just where I am on my stupid little journey. <laughs> is, um, I, I just want to put out work that I'm happy with and Mm. that is unique to me. That's all I care about. Even if I fail spectacularly, even if it's bad, Mm -hmm. I want it to be uniquely bad. That's, that's really all, (laughs) that's really all I care about. I I just want to watch the tape back and think I'm, I'm happy with it. So if they don't like it, then it's not right. You know, Mm -hmm. strong and wrong. Strong and wrong. Strong wrong. <laughs> oh God. Oh my God. We used to say that all the time in college and I was, I was the king of strong and wrong. But, and that's great. And that's good. And you get remembered for that, you know, and it's, it's a good and bad thing, you know, at least, at least you're remembered. Like, 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'd rather be remembered than like accepted and forgotten. Fade into the background. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how, um, cause I know you've done some work obviously on stage, but also TV and film. So how have you found auditions differ from something on stage versus something, you know, for a TV show? Yeah. Um, how do auditions differ? It's usually a smaller room that you're in yeah. for the TV mm-hmm. and film. You're usually in like some office building and like, uh, in like what seems to be like a custodian closet. It always is. <laughs> You're like, okay, <laughs> I'm in Vietnam. All right. So, like, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'll go for it. Um, but I've, I mean, look, I've had some bad ones. I've had some bad. Give me like your worst. Okay, sure. Know, I, I have it. it. I oh, have I can't it. wait. I can't I'm wait. Referencing it. Okay. I, I was in, um, this was an audition for. <laughs> oh, no the name of the movie um it was the tom hanks Maris, the it was originally called the papers when i auditioned for it it was called the papers and then it now it's the post the movie ah, is called, yeah tom mm-hmm. hanks. so i was auditioning for like one of the, like the soldiers in vietnam and i like i went in to this building and it was it was a closet and i was like um <laughs> i did the scene and it was probably bad and they were like <laughs> <laughs> They were like, okay, all right, now we're gonna do some improv. All right. Uh, and I was like, oh no. And they were like, they were like, rally the troops. <laughs> okay. And so I was like, hey, hey guys, like, you know, we got we got a lot of war to fight. You know, just like I don't even remember what I said. It was just like all spilling out. And then they were like, okay, you're you're in a foxhole. Like, uh, just Try you know, talk to everybody. Talk to everybody in the foxhole. I was like, okay. And I was like, oh, you guys, we, we gotta get down. You know, there's missiles coming in. And I was like talking on a walkie-talkie. And then like they were like, okay, thank you. And then <laughs> I walked out and I was just like, am I like, is this is should I be here? Should I be doing this? <laughs> this is this is humiliating. That's good. I, yeah, I That's, think I went to like five guys afterward and like just like ate it. As you should, her. as you should. One time I auditioned for like some some Nintendo DS commercial that wow. I was way too old for at the time. Like shouldn't have been like I was kicking it at like 17. You know, it should have been for a 10 year old. And right. um, not to say D- Nintendo DS isn't great. Um, But (laughs) I remember I was so flustered because they asked me after the audition, they were like, I guess they just wanted to hear some more from me and and wanted to talk like to see if I was a normal human. And I guess I failed that test because (laughs) they were like, so what's your favorite movie? And for some reason I had said, I like answered the notebook and I had never seen the notebook. (laughs) And they were like, (laughs) and they were like, oh, what do you like about the notebook? (laughs) And I really said, I really, in that moment, thought to myself, never again will I ever lie in an audition, period. And I really said, I backtracked and was like, sorry, never seen The Notebook. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Oh, my God. But that's so real. That's so real. so real. You're like, just some weird part of you takes over and it's like, give an answer. And it's like, why why do I have no memory right now? Why am I just saying... The notebook, that's so funny. It's you gotta so dumb. the unsuspected like improv in an audition too. It's like I am like geared up to just say these lines mm-hmm. well and then leave. And then um yeah, you get the you get the improv and we've talked about auditions and things like that. Um 
I would love to know too, outside of of theater and outside of all of this, you know, when you're in between a job, when you're in between rehearsing anything, um, what have been some of your like most favorite or like weirdest side jobs, things like that, that you have picked up along the way? (laughs) I feel like this is just like me recounting all of my failures. I'm Uh, a big fan. We'll talk about the successes too. Don't you worry. No, no, please keep it here. This is way more interesting. No one cares about anyone's success. (laughs) No one one cares. Um, I worked at a place. It no longer exists, which is so crazy to say. Um, Mm -hmm. It was called the Pizzeria Sirenetta on the Upper West Side. I I worked at, uh, uh, I did like deliveries for them. I didn't actually like deliver the pizza. I was like the middleman between the kitchen and the delivery people so I would take the um orders like on the like tablets and then like package up the um food to be delivered and I was so bad and (laughs) I I like couldn't do it fast enough I I like have this thing where like I if I'm not good at something I like just crumble under the pressure I'm just like I can't I don't know my hands start sweating so like the kitchen like hated me. They hated me. And they would just like, every time I would walk into the restaurant, they all, they all spoke Spanish and I don't. So, but so I have, I can't confirm it, but they, they would just like look at me and just all start laughing. Just like, Oh, this guy. And uh, the cook like hated me and said it was bad at my job openly. And I was like, "I'm I'm trying, but they never fired me. Um, so that was, that was my only success there. Um, so that was the pizza, <laughs> but I've dog walked, you know, I've catered, I've done it all. Mm-hmm. I've, I've run the gamut. The only thing I haven't done is babysat. I've never uh, 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 sat a child. <laughs> is that how you say that? The way, the way <laughs> you put it just is so great. Um, yeah. No, I, I ask because especially as my podcast has evolved, so many people outside of the industry, especially like parents and things like that, don't know necessarily what it takes to continue a career like this. And so a lot of it is very unknown. A lot of it is very uncertain. And even if you do have, um, you know, credits, <clears throat> that doesn't mean to say that you'll be working consistently every single month, <laughs> every single year. And so um, it is always really helpful to hear where people find work outside of theater, especially if you have to have a place in New York City, which is so expensive. So oh, like, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. insane yeah before you become an actor everyone's like you know it's an unstable career and you're like i'm gonna make it big like don't worry I'm, <laughs> I'm going all the way and like you 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 can still have success and mm-hmm. need a side job it's just like there's there's no shame in it and i feel like there is a little bit of like a stigma of like mm. um oh well you know I, I saw him like bartending like things aren't going so great and it's like no you know there's there's ebbs and flows to this career and that's something you, you know, you kind of have to accept and you have mm-hmm. to realize that there's no shame in, you know, working for a living and not doing what you love um, 24-7-365. Yeah, true. Talk to me about being on tour. So you did Beautiful for a little bit. Yeah, like how long? I was on Beautiful for about like a year and a half. I had an amazing time on Beautiful. Uh, we... I just like, and this has happened to me so many times. I feel like this is a theme is I just get like lucky with the people that I end up working. Yeah. 
I've worked with so many amazing people. Um, uh, the cast was like so positive and great. Um, and everyone made like such an effort because I was joining it like the tour was like had like four months left from mm. going from first national to second national. So everyone had been there for a really long time and everyone, no one made me feel like ostracized or alone. Everyone like really included me and like took me in, which is like just so cool. Like, and mm. looking back, I'm just so grateful because I was convinced every day that I was going to be fired. I was just like, I, I am, <laughs> I'm out of here. Like, I'm just gonna enjoy my time. Um, these people, you know, they hate me. They, I suck. I'm, I'm fraud. Like, I can't believe this happened to me. I'm, I, you know, they're gonna, I was fresh off the Pizzeria Sirenetta. So I was just like, yeah, you were mm-hmm. with that. Like, these people don't like me and I'm gonna keep my head down. <laughs> and try and stay out of the way so (laughs) I um and it it couldn't have been more different everyone was so kind and generous um touring is like the best experience um especially when I was like younger Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean this is like I'd started touring like less than four years ago but um it was still amazing to like see the country I'd never been to Canada I got to go to Canada um it's also tough because you know uh I I like to like you know know where my grocery store is at know where mm-hmm. my is and and be like used to everything and when you're touring every week um that changes and you have to like recalibrate yourself um so that was tough uh, the changes, the constant changes and, you know, living out of a suitcase and packing everything up and, um, you know, it, it does start to wear on you after a while, but also you get used to it. So it's, it's fine. Also, I will say that, um, touring you, a lot of times you have like the day totally free and you just did a show at night. Um, so if you have any like unresolved things within yourself, those can rise up to the surface and you can see that happening. Uh, uh, um, so care to explain? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I probably shouldn't have even said that. Um, but, you know, I'm going to go right there. I'm going to, I'm going to get you right there. Mm-hmm. But no, no. I, I mean, it's just, um, it's, you know, when you have nothing, nothing to do all day and you're just doing a show at night, you really yeah. do sort of like reckon with yourself and um, become comfortable with yourself and accept yourself. And um, mm. uh, so it, but all in all, touring was like the, seriously, the, I, I always say it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It was amazing. That's awesome. When you came back from the tour, what was life like? Did you come back to New York City? Like what was the transition back into auditions again? Yeah, I, it was amazing I like I came back into New York and it was just like I um it was honestly like perfect I was so happy I was in a relationship I was in love I was auditioning I you know I was I was I was I had money I was you know I wasn't broke I was like I'm buying coffees I'm going to (laughs) my life and uh, and I was like, this is this will never end. And then you know, I had like uh, less than a year, and then COVID 
just uh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. boom, just the the axe came down. Mm-hmm. But coming back into the city, I was I was like riding a high. I was basically still on tour, like nothing was really real. You know, it was yeah. like because uh, you move around so much that like when you move back to New York, you're like this is just another spot that I'm in. Like I'm just right. gonna like enjoy New York. This isn't where I permanently live. And then you know, mm. you uh, eventually realize, oh wait, I this is um, the high of tour is not forever. So taking me back to COVID then. So COVID happens March of 2020. Where were you? What did you do? What was your life like at that moment? Um, let's see. I was in New York. Um, uh, things were going well, um, mm-hmm. I guess. And um, I got COVID um, March 28th. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Early. Early. I got it in that first that first wave, baby. Yeah. I was just like, I we all... I knew, I knew a lot of people who just, we all got sick around the same time. It just like, mm-hmm. kind of worked. um, but at first, you know, it was like a party. It was like a big, it was like, okay, I have nothing to do. I'm going to like get some bottles of wine and like hang out in my yeah. apartment and like, you know, it's, it's all good. And then, um, it kept going. Uh, yeah. Then it didn't end. <laughs> yeah. My God. Yeah. But yeah. So COVID was like a big bummer, like a, such a bummer, but like, um, at you first say in New it, York. Yeah, I was in New York the whole time. Mm. Um, I went home for like two weeks in July, but other than that, yeah, I was in New York, mm-hmm. and which was insane because like I know side and you you were here as well. No, I wasn't. I was in living in New York, and then I left pretty much when everything started to shut down. And I my family lives in New Jersey, so it was pretty. We had a very similar experience, but it was just bizarre like that time was it doesn't even feel like it was real anymore no because you like i went outside and like harlem like something's always happening and like going out and like no one's like on the sidewalk like it's it really did like for a couple months it felt like the apocalypse it was like this and i remember like taking pictures of like we were everyone was in masks i was like isn't this crazy like this isn't gonna last like i should i should afford this like this is a novelty and now it's like who cares like this that's the new that's mm-hmm. the new normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really, it really is. It's, it's insane. Mm, yeah. Love, love that we're just taking this podcast all over the place today. But I think, I think that's kind of where we're at right now with the industry and just like start. Do you feel as though auditions and things like that are starting to pick back up now that, that Broadway's coming back and, and it looks a little bit lighter now? Yeah, I think so. You know, I've seen some like Broadway shows. It's it's back. Um, mm-hmm. My voice cracked when I said it. It sounded like it's I was back. Saying, it's back, <laughs> right? <laughs> a fourteen-year-old child. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. I just fine. started like weeping and like what what. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, but it is it is back. Um, it's different, you know. But I think it just shows the resilience of. Mm the industry i think um if anything we've all like gained a uh, uh, stronger inner resilience within all of ourselves um we've had to like face adversity that we never mm-hmm. knew how to face and now we're still here and still um performing okay. and that goes for literally everyone and uh, outside of acting every job everyone, absolutely you know? um absolutely so it is it is incredible to witness yeah my last question to you if you could go back, question? this is my last question. Unless you have any other dying what? words to no, say, 
I'm no, please. I was like, please. I, no, time has flown by. Mr. Flown by. Wow. I'm yeah, so I know. long-winded. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Please. I should I should have wait for answers. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you <laughs> could go, <laughs> if you could go back to 17-year-old, 18-year-old Ben, mm-hmm. who is going into college, starting his career in the professional theater industry, what would you tell him? 17-year-old Ben. Oh, my God. Everything I would have said. <laughs> I love asking this question. <laughs> Everything I would have said would have been, like, not about acting. It would have been, like, hey, That's okay. get, get your life together. That's what I would have told you know, but hey, man. It's it's not all it's not gonna be a party forever, my friend. You're gonna have to you have to pay rent very soon. Just try and ingrain some uh, uh, modicum of responsibility into your life. I would have slapped seventeen year old Ben around and been like, you know that part in Billy Madison? Have you seen Billy Madison where he I like love Billy Madison? Where he takes a kid's face and he's like, don't leave. Like when he shoots his little fat face. What would have done seventeen year old Ben? Because you because you know we have there's a 17-year-old, 18-year-old right now who's in the same position as you. <laughs> and they're listening to this thinking, mm-hmm, yes, I should probably do that. Yes, I should probably <laughs> get my shit together at some point. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent But like people said that to me, and I was like, shut up. You're old. Yeah. <laughs> You're old. They're like 24 telling you that. <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> Donuts in the parking lot. And- Sip a Slurpee. Stop. I'm dead. I'm dead. Ben, you're awesome. I can't believe this went by so fast. Um, it really fly by. Very strange. But I appreciate you. I'm excited to see what's on the horizon for you. I think I think some really cool things are coming. But um, Thank you. Yeah. And hopefully we'll meet in person someday. Woo! I know. I, I, can Woo-hoo! I tell you, when we scheduled this, I totally thought it was going to be in person. I was like, I, was like <laughs> we were gonna do, I don't, can't wait to see like the studio. <laughs> Not the studio, just like chilling in my bedroom, just like in my closet, probably. Just, you know, <laughs> exactly. with, like pillows and stuff. Mm-hmm, that's it. In the corner of the bed. Yes, yeah. this was, this was, this was great. We'll chat soon. Awesome. Thank you.